Welcome to the Daily Dad Podcast. During the week, we bring you a daily meditation of the best parenting wisdom you can find, drawing on history and philosophy and psychology literature to inspire you to be a little bit better at the most important job you have. And then on the weekends, I have sort of a wrap-up conversation with my friend, fellow dad, and writing partner, Niels Parker. We just explore what's going on in our lives, what we're struggling with as parents, what we're doing well, what we want to do better, and what we've learned along the way, and what we've learned in the last week. So let's go. It's crazy to me to think that here we are two years into this uh, Daily Dad email website podcast. We launched it on Father's Day 2019, and I wasn't sure how it was going to go, whether people would like it, whether whether I was even qualified to write it. And, and now here we are two years later, I've done an email every day for two years, in addition to the Daily Stoic email every day for the last going on five years. But this has just become my absolute favorite thing to do. And it's crazy to me to think that when I started, I only had one kid. Now I've got two. I've got Clark, who's turning five this year, and Jones, who just turned two. It's crazy to me to think not only would I be challenged in all the ways that I've been challenged as a parent and as a human being, but that we'd be parenting through a pandemic, through civil unrest, through an insurrection here in the United States, and and just and then a a freezing storm. I mean, to think that in February of this year, I had to go in my son's room and sleep in his bed with him because we'd lost power and the temperature was dropping and dropping and dropping. And we were worried that it would get too cold in the house. I don't even want to say what we thought would happen, but tragically it, it even did happen to some people here in Texas. So having kids is tough. Having kids in this period has been incredibly challenging. And then I also look back on the last 15 or so months and and see it as this strangely sweet, almost wonderful experience. The amount of time that we've had together, the experiences that we've had together. And we drove across the country two, two and a half times. We've went for a walk every night for, you know, 400 plus days in a row. I haven't been away from the house a single day in 15 months. Uh, it's, it's been a hell of an experience. So anyways, what, what I thought I would do today, uh, you know, sometimes on the weekends we do the interviews with Niels and myself. Sometimes they're excerpts from parenting sections of, of other interviews that I've done. Sometimes they're articles I've written. Today I thought I'd just kind of riff on some lessons that I've learned now on my fifth Father's Day, my second Father's Day having daily dad, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd riff on some lessons. The first of which is I have never once gotten short or lost my temper about anything related to my kids, family, my life at home, and not felt terrible about it afterwards. So yes, having kids is crazy. They're frustrating. They're running around. They're not doing what you said. You know, you're trying to do something important. You're trying to do something important for them. You're trying to keep them safe. And yet, getting angry, raising your voice, having to, you know, 
reach out and, and grab them because you're worried or anxious, trying to get them to stop from hitting you or hitting their brother or, you know, whatever thing they're doing. I have never once done that out of anger or frustration and not felt terrible after the fact. The, the point being, although there's a big difference between there's a big difference between sort of having an anger problem and anger being a problem. I would say we all have a problem with anger. Think about some of the most painful memories you have with your parents. And it was probably rooted in something they did where they lost their cool or they said something, you know, under pressure, under duress, under stress that they would give anything to take back. And so I just try to remember that almost none of the things that I'm getting worked up about really matter. And certainly none of them matter to me afterwards more than not having said or done whatever I did. So keeping your cool, remembering what's important, remembering that this is a tiny child, no matter how old they are, you are older than them, it does not fully understand the context of what's happening. You will regret whatever it is that you will say and do. So don't do it. Work on it. Find outlets for your stress. Get serious about it. Because if you want to have a long-lasting relationship with your kids, if you want them to look fondly back on their childhood, this is something you have to address and you have to fix. Got a quick message from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get right back to the show. Stay tuned. We've talked a lot about sleep here, the importance of sleep for you and your kids. But I think it's more than just what time do you wake up, what time do you go to bed? It's like, what's your rig? What's your setup? I've always lived in hot places, but I've always needed like a bunch of blankets on me to sleep. And today's sponsor solves all that. I'm talking about gravity blankets, the only weighted blanket scientifically studied and proven to improve sleep quality and reduce stress. It 78% of people report a better night's sleep when using gravity. It promotes a deeper, more restorative sleep while decreasing your body's production of stress hormones. 60% of users even reported that it helped reduce levels of stress. And that's why in Mental Health Awareness Month here in May, Gravity is donating 10 bucks for every blanket sold to the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation. Go to gravityblankets.com to check out their weighted blankets, weighted sleep masks, and weighted robes. You can use promo code DAILYDAD to get 15% off your purchase. That's gravityblankets.com. Use promo code DAILYDAD to get 15% off your blanket. Everyone's talking about it. Check it out. Second, and this relates to you losing your temper, but also to them, which is that at the root of most childhood behavioral issues I found, at the root of most conflict, at the root of most craziness at home, food is at the root of most of it. They're losing their minds because they're hungry. They're not listening because they're hungry. You have a short temper because you are hungry. Your wife or your spouse or whatever it is, is acting the way they are because they're hungry. Or if it's not food, it's food's close cousin, which is like sort of schedule. It's that someone's not sleeping. It's that someone's been disrupted. And so if we can be patient and we can realize <clears throat> this isn't really about what it feels like it's about, the root of this is hangriness, at the root of this is uh, some feeling of discombobulation or, or, or disconnect, we can deal with it by taking a minute 
getting something to eat, getting them something to eat, calming down, and then dealing with it. Again, also related to this, I would say the third thing I've learned, the biggest sort of parenting success I've had has been related to walking. We really built this into our routine during the pandemic, but we take two walks a day. Take a long walk in the morning before I touch my phone, before I work, before we do anything, we take a long walk. We give the kids a snack, put them in the stroller, and we walk. Sometimes we do as much as three miles. Sometimes I only walk for 15 minutes, but we do this long walk. And we're outside and we talk. We talk about what we're going to do during the day, <clears throat> talk about what's been going on. We look at the animals. They say ridiculous things. I say ridiculous things back. We're just together outside moving. And the moving is key. For millions of years, our species have been traveling. We're nomadic. We were covering distances. The ambulatory motion, the movement, the rocking, this is key. I've also found whenever my kids can't sleep, middle of the night, instead of forcing it, instead of letting them cry it out, put them in the stroller, take them for a walk, right? Sure, driving works too, but walking is better for the environment and better for everyone involved. So taking a long walk, I had a great conversation with Sebastian Younger about this. You might have listened to it, but, you know, getting in motion solves our problems. It calms us down. I've never regretted taking a walk. That's what I'm saying. I haven't regretted taking a walk with my kids. I haven't regretted when I was feeling upset, when I was feeling claustrophobic, when I was feeling frustrated, when I was feeling anxious, getting up, taking a walk by myself, coming back, doing whatever you have to do from that place of stillness that ironically came from a place of motion. So walking is key. We do this walk in the morning. That's where I'm pushing them. But then in the evening, when it cools down a little bit in Texas, we go for a walk. And, and on this walk, my kids are in charge. They decide where we're going. I learned this uh, from an, a letter I read. I learned this from something I read about Theodore Roosevelt. He would take his kids for these sort of long walks. They'd go over obstacles. They'd look for ant, like, you know, look for frogs or turtles, or they'd just be outside. And this was part of the strenuous life for him. And, you know, we let my kid lead, mostly my oldest son, uh, but but we let them go where they want to go. We explore, we, we we get outside, you know, they mess around, they get into trouble, they they find stuff, they, they feel in charge, they feel like they have some agency. I really love the walks that we do once or twice a day. And then today, so not only did I do the walk in the morning, not only are we going to do the walk in the evening, then I had a phone call in the middle of the day. I took a walk during that. So covering miles helps keeps me in shape helps keep me in shape as a parent, and of course, keeps the family in shape, calms us down, solves so many problems. The next one is all time is quality time. We've talked about this garbage time versus quality time. There is no such thing as quality time. You know, you put all this time and energy planning this elaborate vacation to this expensive place. Just spend time together. Just spend time together. It doesn't matter what you're doing. The lower the, you learn this when you have, if you've ever been in a distance relationship, you know, you haven't seen each other in a week or a month or a year and we're going to see each other this weekend. You have all these expectations and all these projections and you want it to go well because you know there's a ticking clock at the end. What does it do? It inevitably leads to fighting and arguing because it never meets the expectations. Calm down. Just spend time together. Like uh, just a few minutes ago, my son was watching this episode of Paw Patrol and all he really wanted me to do was sit next to him while he watched it. Is this the most educational thing in the world? Is this, you know, amazing parenting that we're letting him watch, you know, some crappy show on a phone? 
I guess not. But what matters is that he wants to spend time together. And I want to indulge that. I want to spend time together. Yes, I had to get back to work. Yes, I had to record this and a million other things. But those four or five minutes that we spent together just sitting there, just being near him, that's my favorite thing. And you have to realize that when you're rushing away from that to, to check email, to get back to work, to, to handle something important, or to do the, the, the specialer thing that you planned, what you're rushing away from is a moment you can never get back, but you're rushing away from is real quality time that you could have and you could have experienced together. So all time is quality time. All time is created equal. All time is family time. Spend it together. That's how I think about the last year. It was trying. It was difficult. It was scary. It was not what we would have chosen, but it was lots and lots and lots of quality time together that we'll never have an opportunity to do again. So I'm so proud and glad that we got to spend it and we're going to remember it forever. Got a quick message from one of our sponsors and then we'll get right back to the show. Stay tuned. I just got these awesome prints sent to me by an author that I love. And the first thing I did was have my assistant send them over to framebridge.com. They send you packaging, you mail in the piece, and instead of paying hundreds of bucks like you would at a framing store, they ship you back a beautifully framed thing. Prices start at like 39 bucks. All shipping is free. And right now, my listeners get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use the code DAILYDAD. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite stuff without leaving the house. Add a gallery wall to your home office, send a perfect gift, art prints, diplomas, photos sitting on your phone. You can frame just about anything. Get started today. Frame your photos or send the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com. Use promo code DAILYDAD to save 15% off your first order. That's framebridge.com. Promo code DAILYDAD. Framebridge.com. The next one is, this is your work. We, we did an email a few weeks ago from Brian Kaplan. You know, he tells his grad students, like, you're not an interruption from my work. You are my work. And this is a job you signed up for. Your kids didn't ask, for to, your kids didn't ask to be born. You brought them into this world. They owe you nothing. You owe them everything. This is your work. Put in the work. Make it important. That's why all time is quality time. That's why nothing is more important than this, whether it's sitting next to them and watching TV, whether it's getting them water in the middle of the night because they're crying for it, whether it's driving them across town to do this or that. This is your work. This is what you're here for. At the end of your life, you're going to look back at your accomplishments and the thing you're going to care about most, be proudest of most, is going to be your kids. I think it was Michael Chabon uh, said that an editor told him uh, when he was writing that every kid you have is a book you don't write. And I think he has three kids or whatever. But he was saying as he looks back and he goes, okay, this cost me three or four books. And he goes, I'm really happy with that trade. I don't think that kids are actually at odds with work. I think my kids have focused me on work. They've helped me work better. Uh, they've given my work meaning. But I'm proudest of that work. And if you think about the impact that you can have in your work, the multi-generational impact you can have with your kids by raising them right, by making them feel loved, by letting them know what they mean to you. Like, that is really, truly important work. And you should take it seriously and you should dedicate yourself to it completely. The next one that I've been thinking a lot about is this idea that your child's life should be good 
but not easy. Uh, Jessica Leahy wrote this wonderful book, The Gift of Failure. I had her on the podcast. There's a great Latin expression that basically translates to from struggle, they will emerge, basically meaning that from difficulty, good emerges, that your own talents and skills and assets and personality, it emerged not because you had everything handed to you, but because of the difficulty that you experienced, the obstacles that you overcame, the struggle, just like your strength came from the weights that you lifted or the exercise that you did. Resistance breeds strength, and you have to understand this. So the desire to, to, to snowplow out adversity or difficulty from the path of your child, it's not just impossible, but it's ultimately self-defeating. You want them to struggle, not needlessly so, but you want them to struggle so that they can get better. So that means as, as wonderful it is to do stuff for them, you can't do everything for them, nor are you expected to do everything for them. So letting them struggle, letting them pick themselves up, letting them put their own pajamas on, letting them put their pajamas on backwards, right? Letting them get a bad grade in school. Um, this is key. And it actually requires almost more self-discipline and work than it does to just do it for them. And the last thing I would say, and this is the, the cap, it's that you got to tell them how much you love them. And you got to tell them all the time. I think it's sort of a common trope, but, you know, the, the, the son or the daughter shows up at the funeral for their parent and maybe they had sort of a strained relationship or maybe they didn't, but, but people come up, you would have, you had no idea how, how proud your dad was of you, or you have no idea how much your mom loved you. How sad is that? You should have every idea because it should be said all the time. It should be illustrated with your actions. There should be absolutely zero doubt to your children about what they mean to you, how you feel about them. And there should be no doubt because you take it upon yourself to tell them. I think about the Mr. Rogers thing. You make the world special just by being in it, by being you. That's something I try to tell my kids. It's something I try to remind them of. I, I don't know if they really hear me. I don't know if they really understand. But I know that by saying it, I'm reminding myself of it. And I think they can feel the energy that comes from me when I'm saying it. And I think they deserve to hear it. It shouldn't be something they discover. It shouldn't be something that, that they, they sort of vaguely know, but don't hear enough. It should be something that you never let them forget. And I'm not perfect at any of these things. <clears throat> I struggle with them as, as you do, as all parents have for all time. I'm only five years into it. So you know, who knows? Part of these might change. I might change the priority of the order, but I think these are always going to be true. And I think they're going to be true for whoever you are, whatever country you live in, whatever your socioeconomic status, whatever you're going through or experiencing, however old your kids are. You'll always regret losing your temper. Hunger and, <laughs> hunger and schedule is, is essential. Take walks together. All time is quality time. All time is created equal and all time speeds by very quickly. Your kids are your job. They are your work. Life should be good, but not easy. From struggle and failure comes growth. And of course, tell them that you love them. Tell them how you feel. There should be no secret about what they mean to you and how special they are. That's my Father's Day message. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers listening. Happy Mother's Day, belatedly, to all the mothers listening. I'm honored that you're listening to me. I'm, I'm glad to be on this journey together. I'll talk to you next week.